so when you the prefix re right that means like to to do it again but when you record you're not cording again right what if you have what if you have 20 feet of microphone cable just lying on your lap what is that what is that re why do you need that much microphone? That seems like far too much microphone cable. Your apartment is small. It is not that big. You could like walk to the other end of your apartment and continue to record. It's not small. I have a long apartment. It's a it's a long or deep. Would you say? Is it roughly twenty feet long? Is this how you're starting the broadcast? Yeah, this. You is, don't know how to. You don't know measurements, do you? You don't know our podcast, do you? This is how we start all our podcasts by talking about measurements. No, no, no. My my apartment is at least forty feet long. What, why is that funny to you? It's I don't know. It's just the way it was. The way you said it was just the way you said it. It was just it was funny. Casey, funny how me. long is our apartment? It's at least forty feet long. She said so long. It's so long. So she may have been saying goodbye to me forever. It's hard to know, <laughs> but I think she was answering the question. Maybe, maybe, or she may have just been pleased. Welcome to Game Life Balance U.S the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers, trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Join us each week to catch up on what we've been up to lately, whether it's saving the world from space aliens or learning how to change a diaper. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at gamelifebalance.us. I'm Adam from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Here we go! Hey, we've got a we've got a guest. We do have a guest, like, and like a guest that's sitting here in one of our apartments. It's not mine. It's hint. Tr- it's true, listener. You are spoiler in, alert. You are in for a treat today, listener. We are just throwing in every possible variable on this podcast, uh, starting with our friend Russian John, an old friend of the program. What's up? I guess. So yes. And you just decided to install like $30,000 worth of recording equipment in your apartment. Yeah. So a lot of things are going on um, this. A lot of things are going on right now, like I said. So I guess, but, but all right. Listener, this episode is going to sound different than other episodes because I have a completely new recording setup, which I'll get into in a minute. But first, let's say hello to Jonathan or just John. I don't know. What do you want? John's fine. John's fine. Wait, do we call him John too? Or it kind of doesn't. He calls me jerk. I don't know. He he calls me kind of whatever he wants to. That's true. So, for those of you who are new to Game Life Balance US, so we've had John on, we've had Russian John on Unqualified Gamers before our old podcast, but this is his first Game Life Balance US podcast. Did you even know that that was the name of our podcast? I did actually. We I think accidentally talked about this once. Um, I was having some trouble finding the old Unqualified Gamers podcast, though, when I went looking for it. Oh, there you go. See? There it is. Should uh, tell your new followers that you changed it. So, our, um, so, obviously, John and I went to high school and grew up together. Everybody on the earth knows that. It's been on the national news several times. And Russian John also went to school with us. 
primary school, grammar school, and high school as and well. And all of those things. And None of us went to grammar school. That's depends on who no, you it's ask. So and then uh, and then John decided to move away to Russia for several years. So that's why we call him Russian John. Isn't that right? For the most part, he, you know. Tell us a little bit about that. He also speaks Russian. That's true. That's, yeah. So we went to. I guess Cody and I met in first grade. Um, we didn't really know each other until we were in class together in second grade. But I remember Cody. The first memory I have of him was uh, he got in trouble with his teacher and was sent out into the hall to sit. This yes. is ador- This is adorable. This is like how you two started dating. This is yeah, awesome. Exactly. He got sent Keep out going. in the hallway to sit. But do dude, it dude, slower. Hey, that's when we. Hey, you're not. You're up next, John, because we met in second grade and we immediately I, became friends. Did you? Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, we were both John. We, how are you going to yeah, not we the be same friends? name? You got to stick together with your own kind. But they alphabetized right. by last name. So did you even sit near each other? Did it doesn't I think matter. That may have been part of the problem. Ah, uh, yes. He kept rubbing like you know my leg underneath the table. It was a little off-putting at first, but once I got you, you learned second to like grade. It. Yeah, I can I can see that happening. Well, uh, I like John so much, Russian John, not the other one. That I that you, he gave me the uh, aviator I'm uh, actually, headphones. I'm actually giving John Russian John a door prize for uh, for being on well, this podcast and for being. This on, is un this is unprecedented. This, is unprecedented this has never happened before. Because we usually we usually our guests join us from afar. I am going to gift John a. HP printer. This is this is that, for him. This is for him. That's don't don't grab it with one hand; it'll fall. Yeah, no, it's a two. Yeah, you need two hands. Like you're doing it's it. A, yeah, it's a well, large, I have it's a, a, I have it at the right angle. That's why that works. It's a, he's so. got an iron grip. An yes. iron grip. It's true. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Continue with your stories about how much John was terrible in second grade. No, I'm trying to think my. I don't. I don't have any. Sorry, John. You just your our introduction wasn't as memorable as Cody's. We no, just had the right. same name, and we immediately melded together. Um, Cody uh, was far taller than me. I mean, that counts for something back when you're seven. Does it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that that is visually distinctive, right? Like nobody has distinctive personalities back then. You know what was weird back jerk. then, though? How everything worked. It's like even though we were all friends then and stayed friends. Uh, do you remember, like back in grade school, basically you would stop sort of being friends with people who weren't actually in your own classroom. Yeah. Until yeah. like a, a following year when they would be in your class and then you'd suddenly be friends again. Yeah, you'd forget they existed. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, which is why I'm fairly certain I forgot you existed, John, from like third through third and fourth grades. And then it might have been through seventh grade. Actually, through, I don't know if we had I don't know if we had any other classes in elementary school Wait, together. Honestly, I had sixth grade with Russian John. That's also true. Oh, wait, was that? No, I, I don't think I had sixth grade. You did I didn't not. have. No, I don't think you did. No, I, I really don't think I had a class with you uh, until middle school. And yes, listener, you have just joined the podcast of 30-year-old men who actually remember who they went to elementary school with. Yeah. 30-somethings. I won't... Because we've known, e- we've known each other for that long. Yeah, so there's that. And, and we talk about video games and life and things on this podcast. And Russian John has both a life and plays video games and in a little bit. He, we'll have a podcast. We'll have a podcast. <laughs> she does not consider this to be. But um, but with introductions aside, I know that you're living in Chicago. So we, we went to Russia. You Yeah. So actually, um, I lived in Russia for five years. And uh, I 
at first, my first year there, I didn't play like any video games. Um, but then after that, I, uh, I came back for a summer and actually came to visit you, uh, American John. And Minnesota you introduced was all right. me to a little game called Bastion. God, that game's so good. And that game was amazing. And I remember sitting at your apartment, or your house actually, and playing it for probably like an hour or two. And then I left to go to Russia. And, and then you bought it. you were like, oh, why don't you just get it on your computer on Steam? And I remember asking you, well, what's, what's Steam? And you Did you like, really you not know, know what Steam that is? was at that time? Wow. Dude, the first episode of Unqualified Gamers four years ago is when you told me about Steam. I didn't know Steam. I mean, I knew, well, I guess I knew what it was, but I hadn't used it until we started podcasting. So, yes. I cannot imagine life without Steam at this point, considering it is my, it's the only video game platform that I really have. Well, so you, I introduced you to Final Fantasy 2 or Final Fantasy 4 in real life, but Final Fantasy 2 back in grade school, and that got you hooked on video games. So then you, in turn, ruined the life of me and uh, the lives of me and Russian John and me. The lives You ruined the lives of both Russian John and me, uh, in turn, by exposing us to Steam. Your headphones working okay? You good there? I think so. John, do you have anything nice to say? I... I just like I can't believe that because Steam has been around I want to say for like seven years now six or seven years so like and granted the first year or two it was kind of an illegitimate platform like it didn't work that well but it has since like after that it was the only way to play PC games so the connection's bad we have, Hold we on. have we're having we're having our first technical difficulty of the night. It's my if aviator you can imagine with those headphones. The aviator headphones. Yeah. Better, no, better now. Are... So so um we're gonna talk about equipment in a minute because this is whoa, it's a zinger today. But uh you were saying you learned about Steam and then we all know what happened to your wallet. Yeah, so um Steam actually worked a little bit differently in Russia. Um in that a it lot of people that I, well, I didn't have a Russian credit card. And when I was living there, you know, the Internet company assumed that I was uh, a Russian and was buying things in Russia, so they start wanted to charge me in rubles. And anytime I try using my, you know, American credit card, it wouldn't accept it, and I would get into arguments with uh, like their sales support people online. And what eventually happened is, for probably about the first year there, I one of my Russian friends let me use his credit card to buy games there, and until I was able to get my own. Um, another thing it it turned out was that games, I found out over probably that year that like every game you could get on steam in the U S was a lot cheaper than what it would cost here in the U S. So like, for example, I think the most recent example I can think of is say like XCOM two, it's, it was $60 new here. And in Russian rubles, it was. Um, th- think it first went on sale for sixteen hundred or fifteen hundred rubles. Now it's two thousand. And if anyone sort of follows anything about Russia, they know that their currency has uh, basically tanked. Yeah, that's forty five cents, isn't it? Past two years. Now two thousand rubles right now is about um, what it's like. I guess it's probably more like uh, thirty dollars somewhere around there. So you're getting now, games wow. like half price new. That's like half. That's like half price. Yeah, so I'm not sure what their strategy is there, but I guess Russians do in general have a uh, lower standard of living when it comes to like 
uh, I think the strategy is probably income. they charge they charge what the market can bear. Yeah, right? and no, so sure. People I, people aren't going to buy things for four thousand rubles there. Well, like, not to not mention buy a luxury piracy is much bigger over there, and they don't uh, prosecute it nearly as much as they would here. So um, basically, if people couldn't afford the games there, they just steal them. But for me, what ended up happening was uh, that's fair. That's how I operate with most of my life. Okay, when you. When you buy a game in Russia, is it immediately, like when you come back to the United States, can you play it without any issue? Um, for the first four years, yes. So uh, what ended up happening is is that uh, when the currency started collapsing, they started putting restrictions on uh, games being like gifted from Russia. I think what was happening is that other people had realized that uh, I know there are websites where you can look up to see like prices of games in different currencies and what their equivalent would be in U.S. dollars. And it turned out that Russia was the cheapest country to buy games in. And so Steam started restricting people from buying uh, games and then gifting them to uh, people who like were outside of the former Soviet Union. Because it was undercutting the developers that were making it in right. and other I, parts of I the I have world. to imagine there were probably people out there who were getting like Russian VPNs and buying things up in rubles and and then trying to sell the sell them to other people at like a discount but still making a profit off of it. Oh, of course of course there were. Yeah, I mean there's a so there's a website that oftentimes sells games for much less than what like current market value is. It's called Green Man Gaming. Mm-hmm. And there's been some there's been some question as to how they because basically what they do is they get a bunch of cd keys and when i say cd keys i mean licensing keys now because there aren't cd keys anymore they get a bunch of licensing keys right they get a bunch they get a bunch of dvd keys and blu-ray keys Uh, so they get licensing keys that are activatable on steam but people don't know where they get them but Mm -hmm. you can then buy the keys for like say a game comes out for 60 bucks sometimes green man gaming for some reason will have it for like 45 dollars u.s and people wonder, like, how are they able to sell them for that price? But nobody knows how they actually get these keys. But it kind of sounds like this could be a similar situation where, like, people were going and getting keys probably from Russia for 30 bucks, selling them for 50 bucks in the United States, making a profit, and then, like, the developer loses 30 bucks on that, right? Would you say you could buy it for a song, John? Would you say you could buy it for a song? I know you love saying that you can buy things for a song. Do you know... Do you know what that means? It's your favorite thing to say. It's your favorite thing you've ever said in your life. You've literally never even... You don't even... I don't even think you, do you say other things. Do you know what it means? No. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, which... Yeah, I know. It's fine. Don't we have actual things to talk we about? We do. We do. And uh, and we... Like... I think now that we've talked about... Because... because okay. We've spent... So we've spent a lot of time talking to Russian John, introducing him. Frankly, I don't really care about him. I do care about... Cody, what you did with the Guna Geek Network? Because, no, it's legitimately something I'm interested in. So it was a kind of a big deal. You could say there's legitimately life stuff. So Saturday was the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, C2E2. And the Guna Geek Network presented a panel called Better Podcasting for Your Everyday Life. And it was a panel of five podcasters, including me, who got in a room in front of a bunch of people and talked about podcast best practices, how to set up a podcast, how to set up feeds, how to uh, make your content better, and some technical specs, some mic recommendations, basically anything you need to know about launching a podcast or making your podcast grow 
Um, I give some social media marketing tips from my expertise in the social media marketing. Uh, so like grow in length or grow in quality? Uh, generally quality, although some would say that size matters. 40 feet long. There you go. Don't know so, what that means. Your I, I apartment. Got, I've, got a, I've, got a que- I've got a question. Yeah. So what made... I, I love the Good and Geek Network. I really do. What made us the authority on what makes a good podcast? Have you ever talked to Stargate Pioneer? I, I mean... Wait, I'm going to play a Russian not, John here and say, listener, as a listener of this podcast, what is that thing you just said that I don't even remember well enough to repeat? What, like in the... Have I ever talked to... Stargate Pioneer. What is that? Stargate Pioneer is a member of the Gunna Geek Network who is an expert on all things podcasting. Oh, hardware. excellent. That's good for the listener to know. Check him out, listener. So, so you're saying that Stargate Pioneer is the reason why you five are qualified to talk at C2E2? Yeah, pretty much. No, no, no. The reason okay. that the reason the network is qualified is because we we took it as a network perspective, and the onus for kind of one of the original thesis statements of what we were going to talk about was the benefits of being part of a network and part of a podcast network. And as you can find Game Life Balance US on W, uh, sorry, on, on the Gunna Geek Network, we're, we're part of a couple networks, but. You can call them guilds. You can't. You can. Yeah. Oh, we should call them guild. Yeah, the Gunny sure. Geek Guild has so much better onomatopoetic, not onomatopoetic, illiterate, illiterate, and we're all illiterate because we don't any more need to read. What? We don't any more need to read. That's exactly right. But dissident. I said we don't any more need to read. Yeah, we were gonna. And so dissonance. we were gonna talk about the um uh the network kind of benefits of that and some of the benefits include things like and we talked about this on the panel which will be available at gunnageek.com whenever steven the owner has time to edit it all together from our four different camera angles and several different audio recording devices that we had so i don't know how he's going to do that but but we did record it so you'll be able to find that soon on gunnageek.com and Things like you you have support. So let's say I really want to do an episode of Game Life Balance US and John, Amira, John, you decide to have a kid again. Game Life Balance US? Why US? Because we're the you American. It says at the, at the marquee banner at the, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get, Just saying, this is very American centric. This, when are you going to host Game Life Balance Russia is what I want to know. We do need to extend our brand. Yeah, that, that wouldn't take much. It'd, I don't. I don't think we could call it balance, though. That- no balance. That's fine. Um, so uh, some of the benefit is basically, let's say, John, marriage, John, you decide to have another kid, and Russian John decides to go back to Russia, and I want to do an episode, but I need somebody to podcast with. I can hit up any of the members of the Gunna Geek Network, and I'll know that I have a reliable, professional podcaster who has good equipment, is going to sound good, knows how to run the recording on their end, knows basically all the basics, and has the technical setup to uh, to be on par with what I am doing. And also, they're used to podcasting, they're used to being on a mic, they're used to being talent, and we can collaborate that way. So I have appeared on All Things Good and Nerdy several times, which is a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Um, we actually, bizarrely, have not had any Gunna Geek Network members on unqualified gamers or game life balance us so but that's that's because not a lot of them are really big into gaming but a few have offered in the past um well that's not entirely true you have um the host of 
Game Life Balance Russia on. That's true. I have the host of Game Life Balance Russia on, uh, pending membership in Gunning Geek Network. So things like that, network benefits. Also, and this ties into the technical issues that I've been um, kind of alluding, well, basically talking about this whole episode. So Friday, I realized this week that we were going to have Russian John on the podcast. And I had one cardioid microphone in my bedroom, and that was it. And I did an episode with my girlfriend a few weeks ago, and we both shared the same mic, and it didn't sound as good as if I had a better setup, right? So I realized, you know what? I want to do more podcasts with her. I want to be able to have friends over and podcast with them in the room. I need a better setup. So what I ended up with, and this is the one minor benefit of watching on YouTube, if the listener is watching this on YouTube, is I now have an 8-channel Pro FX 8V2 professional effects mixer, uh, <laughs> along with two new dynamic handheld microphones that, uh, that again, if you're watching, you're able to see right now. Um, and I ordered a mic arm to come with that, and I ordered a pop. I ordered a lot of stuff to come with it, so I'm basically going to have a two-microphone radio studio setup. And how that came about was Friday, Friday morning. And, and again, I studied radio and, and TV production in, uh, in, in college, and I work at WGN Radio part-time. So I know a lot of stuff about radio, but I'm not a hardware geek. But Stargate Pioneer, a member of the network, is. So Friday morning, I hop on Google Hangouts, and I go, look, I need a mixer and two dynamic mics. What do I get? He sent me links to three pages of Amazon. He told me the benefits of each of them. I compared everything, checked Camel, Camel, Camel for prices. Camel, Camel, Camel.com is an Amazon historical price tracker. It's mm-hmm. really useful. I yeah, saw they're, they're not even paying him to say that. I know. Well, we'll yet. someday. I uh, checked, and they were good prices, and I bought them. And, but without Stargate Pioneer, I would have had to spend hours looking at Amazon reviews and CNET reviews and watching demo videos and looking at tutorials and just all this crap, and at the same time still not knowing if they're really good. I know that SP really knows his stuff. We recorded a uh, the Guinness, so after our panel at C2E2, I brought the Gunna Geek Network members that were in town for this. I brought them over to the WGN Radio Studio to record a post-show podcast. And when we sat down to record the podcast, Stargate Pioneer looks at the microphones and he goes, "Oh, these are great mics. This is the one that I record with." So it's the one literally in the radio studio at WGN. So like clearly he's a big podcast hardware guy, which is awesome. So I can trust him. I know him. And it'll sound consistent on the network because pretty much everyone on the network is following his recommendations. You should similar. bring him on to find out what his real credentials are He's, someday. He has he hosts a lot of podcasts on the Gunny Geek Network. Um, then you can find out more about him and the other shows at gunnygeek.com. But um <laughs> but anyway, uh so Jonathan Amira John to get back to your original question. In a nutshell we're qualified because we're able to talk about it from the perspective of benefits of being part of a network. Also that we've been doing it for a while. And just if you put a reasonable amount of effort into something for long enough, you end up having experience, whether you're good at it or not. Like we don't have 500,000 listeners a week to game life balance us yet. Yet. But I, you know, I've played around with different advertising models. You and I have both marketed the show different ways. We've done some networking, and we have experiences that we can that we can give people. So um, that's why we have the credentials. 
Um, and then when you multiply that by five people on the Gunna Geek Network, that results in having a whole lot of uh, a, a lot of um, people talking. And that was just me rambling for a very long time. But that was the panel at C2E2, and it was really cool. The room was packed. Over 100 people were in the room. And uh, we had a bunch of and questions. they knew what they were doing there. They knew what they were doing there. It was like it was really highly interactive, and it was super fun. And I, we were all pretty much blown away by um, by the participation and by like the positivity and everything. And it was it was cool. I wish you well, honestly, John. People were asking why you couldn't have made it, and we did wish you were there. Not you, Russia, but America. People often wonder where is America. So the panel sounds awesome. I'm really glad that you guys had had. A very good participation. I think that that is, especially when you're doing like a live podcast, I think that's probably like the real lifeblood of a live podcast because that's like the one thing you don't get when you're just recording a podcast like we record, right? Like we don't get an audience type interaction, certainly not face to face. We might get some chat or something like that, but we don't get like actual participation. So the fact that you were able to get a good amount of that is awesome. Yeah, um, I thought so too. And it was mostly a, a Q&A. It was intended to be a more of a panel than a podcast. We just happened to have recorded it as well. So it'll be on gunnageek.com soon. It was very exciting. And I met in person many members of the network, and they were really fun in person because we're all just geeks. And we all went to Lou Malnati's and had deep dish pizza. And Russian John even came and had fun. Actually. He came for the pizza. Obviously, he came for the he came for the pizza. Of course, so you paid, um, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I know you did. So um, I did. Thank we you the real re- the real reason why we invited Russian John was not because we wanted to talk about our elementary school, nor did we want Cody to sit there and talk about something uh, that didn't that really didn't affect Russian John at all. We brought him on because John and I ratings were low. We needed a pretty face to liven things no, up. No, ratings were, ratings were very good. We needed to slow down our growth. So we invited you on the show. Um, you and I played the same video game, which is is a rarity on this podcast because Cody doesn't play video games anymore. And when he does, he plays mods for Final Fantasy VI. I'm playing Twilight his, Princess right now. Twilight Princess Those are HD. his big games. It's only a 10-year-old game. His number one game last year was a Civilization V mod. <laughs> That was his number one game. No, it Trump wasn't. Or? My number two game. Yeah, yeah, his, his number zero game was a Civilization mod. My number one so game was Metal one... Gear Solid Five. My number two was so the Civ Five mod. Did you play I that for do like 180 hours? Two, oh, I, I do think it's over 200. somebody being on this show that I can talk to. An, uh, I can talk to about an actual video game. So you and I played a game called Darkest Dungeon. So wait, John, what kind of game are you about to go right now? I'm going to go full gamer. You ready for something really cool? Check this out. You're about to go full gamer. Did you hear that? Did that echo? No, it didn't. Full gamer. How do I hope it how do I make still this? Didn't. Still working on some of those no. technical details. Hold on. Still I, I got this. Power routing the... Power routing the saver. Uh, full the, the saver. How's that? Did it do it? No, I did nothing. Did it do it? It, you're, right. it didn't do anything. Full, oh, how about this? Full gamer. No. Nothing? It was, still, it was the exact same thing. This is, this is bull. It sounds like you need some new equipment. Um, hey, yeah, so we, we should we really look game. into... Just to interrupt you briefly. We should look into getting like a dial... 
for our, our listener so that he can like turn it up when he likes things that are being said and turn it down when he dislikes. Yeah, it. people have a volume button Full for that. Full gamer. Did it no, work? No, it, did, it didn't. <sighs> no, it didn't. But right. I'm sure that when you go back and listen to the recording, it's going to sound awful. I'm sure. Um, Darkest Dungeon. So, Darkest Dungeon. You and I played a lot of a game called Darkest Dungeon, and I'm really excited to actually talk about it because I have a lot to say about it. Because I have a lot that I really like, I have, and I have some things that are so, so poor of design decisions to me that they have literally put me off of continuing to play the game. See, I'm, I'm now trying to figure out whether I should play devil's advocate here and uh, violently defend the game or reveal how I actually feel about it. Well, I think you can do both. Like, right, I think we well, can I have this I'm conversation gonna... where, we, where we do both. No, because I, I would probably just violently attack the game. But in in the interest of creating some controversy, I'm thinking I should uh, probably just tell you that if if you think they're making poor decisions, it's just because you suck at the game. But I don't because I wait. What I, what kind of game is it, John? I'd, oh, the listener okay, would like to so, know. So darkest darkest dungeon. Uh, we'll get a little granular here for a second, listener. Um, darkest dungeon is a uh, it's a party based roguelike, not like Mario uh, Party dungeon crawler so um you create a party of four characters that are randomly generated that you get to 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 choose from um like uh basically a wagon pulls into town and they've got all these seedy characters on them um they're just arranged by by character class so there are classes in the game like plague doctor um crusader uh Jester. There's a bunch of different classes. They're arranged by that. You'll get a random assortment of them every week. Um, and you can pull them into your party. You can equip them with items. You can upgrade and equip them with uh, four of eight different abilities. The abilities are all the same per character in terms of what can be unlocked per character class. So all Plague Doctors can have the same eight abilities, but they they might start with a different four, and then it costs money to unlock more of them. But what it boils down to is that with enough money, you can create the same characters every time for each class. So, like, if I had enough money, I could make every one of the Plague Doctors that I have on my entire roster of party members the same. Are we talking about money, the game or your financial life, right? A little bit of both. If I had enough money... I could make all of the Crusaders that are in my roster the exact same. Now, that it doesn't work really in practice because you don't have an unlimited amount of money, but the uh, that's the idea. Um, but what it, does alone. Eight, what it does by having eight different abilities per character is it... Um, and the abilities are vastly different. Um, it gives a an incredible amount of complexity and depth to uh, team building because the abilities of various classes will typically synergize with one another. So for instance, um, there's there's four spots that you can stand, and then there's four spots that enemies can stand during each enemy encounter. Um, there may be some classes that don't even have an attack from the first two ranks of, of your party. So if they're ever in the first two spots, they like can't even attack any of the enemies. In fact, they don't have an ability. All they can do is move ranks in your party. So generally you want to keep those members towards the back of your party. Um, and then there's some members who can't use abilities if they're, if they're in the back of your party at all. And then those members typically need to be in the front of your party. All right, you're already it's sounding a little too nice about this, John. I'm just going to cut you off for a moment, maybe for a long moment to say that, uh, in theory, this does all sound great and interesting and 
uh, it does play out that way for the first few hours of the game. And I, I know we talked about this briefly when you were just getting into it, but uh, the main thing for me is that after the novelty of it, of all of that wears off, it becomes incredibly tedious. And like how you were saying, you can you know work with customizing your parties. Basically, you can, but at the same time, if you don't have someone who could heal in your party, you're basically screwed. You can never go without uh, what is it like the priest or the the guy in the um, the dark priest or whatever they call him. It's been a while. The, the, the occultist. Yeah, the occultist. When you need a berserker, because berserker's OP, it gives two stuns per turn, right? So here's so okay. He he doesn't have a very good hit rate though. His accuracy is pretty low. I agree. So I agree with you in the basic setup of your of your party structure. So when you're very first starting to play this game, and the game has you played this game in early access. Uh, I did. To, it to, actually didn't change a whole lot um, for the purpose of this podcast because I'm a professional. I went back and uh, actually played the final product. Sure. And oh. I'd heard that the game was act- even before I played it in early access. It was actually a better game because it was um, the caps on the amount of like gold you could get were higher, and it, they didn't make it just so ridiculously challenging and frustrating. So okay, but back to your back to your point that you just said a couple of a minutes ago. You said that you basically can't venture into the dungeon without a healer. And when I very first started playing the game, I I agree with you. Like I couldn't successfully. So the way this game works um, is you. It, it goes in a series of weeks and um, you can spend all the time you want at the start of the week outfitting your party. Um, some of your guys, uh, there's a there's a mechanic called stress in the game. And if your characters get too stressed out, they can snap. They can go insane, which they can like maybe start attacking other other party members or become um, paranoid. And yeah. And then and then that can um, manifest itself in these long-lasting negative traits that they get at the end of the dungeon crawl that you go through. Um, and then these traits can stay with them and negatively affect them into uh, future dungeons. And those are unique per character and are randomly generated. So like that is something completely out of your control that makes your characters different is working with these. And there are positive traits too. So, so it's, wor- yeah. it's working with these positive and negative traits and figuring out if that character is even viable anymore because some of the traits are so negative that it might not even be worth keeping that party member around anymore. Well, uh, you can cure the the negative traits, um, but they usually ends up costing a lot of money. And exactly. so sometimes for, I for, would just have them sit out until I had acquired enough money for them to uh, actually get back into action. But and for me, and for me, when I played it, I wasn't nearly that nice. I just got rid of them typically when they had traits that were so expensive that I didn't want to treat them because there's, there's always new people coming. Mm-hmm. So you just throw out your friends. Yeah, I just throw out my with. friends. That's generally, that's generally, generally how I. They start getting yeah. too uppity and we're having trouble at work, so you just got rid of them. Well, this is a capitalist society that I'm living in here, and so there's always going to be new millennials that are coming in. Uh, that are willing to work for peanuts, really. So really, this is actually just a commentary on current American society. Uh, But back to your point. So when I first started playing the game, I agree, I couldn't make it through a single week because at the end of the week, you go into the dungeon. Could not make it a single week without bringing a healer. There's two classes, really, that can heal other party members well. Um, But then I did some reading about party structure in the game. uh, because By reading, he means cheating. This isn't really a game to me um, that this is life. requires 
is so I just I just talked about the witness last week, and the witness is a game where you want to go in without knowing anything about that game. This game to me is a lot like to be honest to me, it's it's a lot like Pokemon. Because you have fourteen different character classes that are um did they I, all have different abilities that all work together. Did I and, mention that to you? Because I actually wrote a review of the game on Steam where I compared it to Pokemon. No, and I did not read your review either. November. That was, that was literally what I thought, though, when I was playing this game. I promise you, I didn't read your review. Didn't know you even thought that. Wait, yes, so I, both of you are named John, and both of you compared it to Pokemon. Yes. What? And we're, but we've never been in the same place at the same time. So figure that out. Interesting. Yeah. So because you're you're creating a party, and you get to like pick the abilities just like in Pokemon, and the because there are so many different combinations, like. It, it's pretty staggering in terms of like what you can actually make, what kind of party you can actually make. And so, but the thing is, is all the mechanics are laid out in front of you pretty much immediately. So there's not really anything to spoil. And even if you create the perfect party, if you don't execute perfectly, like when you're going through the dungeon, you can still get killed. You can still get wiped regardless of whether your party is like, a tested, tried and true, awesome party. Well, and the character. I think my problem, my problem was, is that even if you execute perfectly, you can still get wiped out in the dungeon. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you got as far into the game as I did, but uh, you know, the first few rounds, I ended up playing it, and you know, you have characters who would die, you'd lose one or two here and there. You start getting a feel for the mechanics, and it's exciting because you're figuring out what you need to do and what's going on. With your, and how the different abilities work together. And how, yeah, and what sort of parties you should be building. And then you're also, you know, building up your town and getting more money so that you can upgrade their weapons, get their levels on their abilities higher, um, curing them of their stress, and then also the different ailments they have. <clears throat> and then you get to around, your characters to around, like, level. Did you ever get any characters to level five or six? I didn't. So I got to the medium difficulty dungeons. There are three difficulties of dungeons, low, medium, and high. And I kind of stopped playing at the medium dungeons. Okay. So, yeah, after you have things figured out, um, for me at least, it was relatively straightforward. I would go in the dungeons, and my number one goal was to make sure my characters didn't get killed off. Because once you have uh, the level three and four guys, you don't want, you know, to start over with a bunch of level zero or one or two goons and i didn't usually have to abandon dungeons but there were a few times throughout the game where i did but i generally wasn't losing like anyone um about you know once i figured out the mechanics and was sort of midway through the game but once you get to the harder level dungeons um and have to start fighting bosses without having looked at how what kind of strategies you need for some of the bosses and there are you know some fairly specific strategies that you need um, I recall this is actually when I, when I quit playing the game, um, there was one boss that I'd fought and he killed, I ended up beating him. He killed one of my party members, but I was on my way to another one and was fighting some slimes. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, these were the large slimes that would, every turn would, uh, generate two or three more slimes. And so I had, you know, a party of four members. And since I wasn't able to one-hit the slimes, because this was like my first or second experience in the higher level dungeons, uh, my character, I didn't have enough money to, you know, have everything maxed out for my characters so that their weapons were hitting as hard as they could and they had the all the abilities they needed. 
And I didn't know that at the time because, you know, the, the transition from uh, the medium level, the easy to the medium level dungeons wasn't so high that, uh, you know, you'd be absolutely overwhelmed by everything. You had to be careful still. But by the time you got to the hard level ones and I got to these slimes, they basically just kept attacking me and I would, you know, it would take a hit from one, two of my characters to kill one. And at the same time, uh, there were four or five of them. And so each time I killed one in two hits, they'd regenerate one back and then the others would attack me. So I could, you know, kill two slimes maximum per round, only they would immediately regenerate those two slimes and then still have like two or three attacks left. And they ended up, I ended up going over like 20 rounds in this battle until all my characters died. And I couldn't run away either. And it was at that point where um, I had to stop. I had to cut myself off. You'd kill one and two would take its place? Pretty much. Like the oligarchy. Just just like that. So I, I, had, uh, I had kind of a similar... Ex- well, no. My experience with quitting the game was, was different than that. Um, so I finished up the... Basically, you have like eight bosses you have to kill on the easy difficulty. And then you have to kill the same eight bosses on the normal difficulty. And then you have to kill the same eight bosses on the hardest difficulty. And then you can go to the darkest dungeon. Is that pretty accurate? I never got to the darkest dungeon, but that sounds... Yeah. Like Bravely Default. Yeah, Yeah. so you have to kill... I don't know, because I never beat that game either. Um, I did. So uh, I got through all eight bosses of the at the lowest difficulty. And I was having a lot of fun with that. Like John was saying, I was experimenting with all sorts of different party members and party compositions. Um, like I would have, and I, I ended up getting towards the end. I ended up making party combinations that didn't have any healers in them and actually did just fine because a lot of the, uh, character classes have self heals that you can use. And so if you have three character classes with self heals, generally you can still make it through dungeons without anybody dying. A lot of the character so like, classes have selfies, selfies. Yes. They selfie do. sticks. No selfie sticks. That would be ridiculous. Oh. So, so, um, one had I a selfie banner some, though. I was playing with some really interesting, fun combinations that I was really enjoying. My big problem though, and, and here is like the, I think I would have kept playing, except that I got to, um, I think I didn't, so I didn't beat all eight bosses. I think I had one or two left before like all of the medium bosses and dungeons would open up. And I got to the point where I needed to fight the, last two bosses at the lowest level difficulty. And all of my characters were at level three. All I had 21 characters. All 21 characters were at level three because I had been using them all, moving them around. Um, and so I go to, to fight these these two bosses and I go to, to go into the first level of one and I try to bring one of these level three characters. And all of the characters, I think level six is the maximum level. They go, it goes from level zero to level six. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and... I get the message basically that my characters are not willing to go into the lower level dungeons. They, they're looking for more of a challenge and what it, what it's basically telling you the design decision that I was referring to before I even started talking about the game is when your characters are too high of a level for said dungeon type, once they're level three, they won't go into the low level dungeons anymore. Once they're level five, they won't go into the medium level. dungeon. It's not, they become divas. Pretty much. It's not, ex- yeah, yeah, right. It's not explained to you at all. And so I had spent all of this time, like leveling up this vast assortment of characters, and I had like two characters that were still able to go into the lowest level dungeons, and I couldn't create a large a, a, a four member party to go to go complete the final two bosses 
to then move on to the medium level, the medium level bosses. I could because I all of my characters were level to three. Well, you could have so, killed off your characters and uh, so started with some lower level to, ones. Right, I would have had to ditch some characters just to go back, get new characters, and then go into those low level dungeons. And how long would you say that takes to do that? That probably takes a good like two, three hours to maybe even more off of maybe your time. Like, maybe like four to get to get multiple characters up to level three, and. And what it and like to me, and I've played a lot of games, and I know it's easy to play armchair designer. I know it's easy to to say, oh, this like design decision was bad, but I like I I played I so I played a month and a half of Final Fantasy fourteen, right? And Final Fantasy fourteen has a mechanic, and Guild Wars has Guild Wars two has this mechanic as well, where you can go do other content in the game. Say you're at max level, but you want to go help a friend play the game that just started playing and you go to like a low level zone, it will scale your level down. So your character may be level 60, but it scales your level all the way down to the level that you're supposed to be at for that content to make that content continue to be challenging. It's a super easy solution to this problem of overleveling stuff. But I feel like, because I understand the desire to make the content always challenging for the player, but I feel like just completely gating the player from going into the dungeon at all with the characters that they have spent all of this time leveling up is just it's it's like it, it doesn't make any it just doesn't make any sense to me because you've like the game encourages you to spend a lot of time leveling up these characters because the only way that they can do the harder dungeons is to become higher level have upgraded equipment have upgraded abilities but if you do that too much you can no longer go into the dungeons that you may still need to do sure and you didn't know that and there's no the way you could have known that without um, either having played it before or read no, about it I, online. I, I was legitimately... And I never... I didn't really come across that when I was reading about some different party compositions because it was like a totally different topic. But I was legitimately leveling up a vast array of party members because I knew I would need them going into the higher level dungeons. I knew I'd need to make different types of parties going into higher level dungeons. So like, I just... I wasn't prepared for that. And it just was so off-putting when it happened... That I was like, I have to put this game down. And then I put it down and I just never picked it back up again. And I think that... Uh, so actually I was on Steam today rereading some of the reviews and some of the reviews. And I think there are a lot of people who have had similar experiences. Um, I know the game generally got favorable reviews. And I think a large part of that was... is because of the exploring combinations part of the game. And building up your dungeon or your town. And then exploring. But... Once you're at a point where you understand the mechanics and how they work and the game pretty much becomes a grind and there's a, a lot of randomness to it that um, can affect your parties, you know, like say an enemy gets a critical hit at a inopportune moment and or say you have a lot of slimes and you can't one hit kill them and they destroy your entire party. And yeah, I did. Um, I wrote my review of the game actually in frustration, but Afterwards, I started thinking about was it was it because I just sucked or was it because they made some poor decisions? Were they intentionally trying to make it frustrating? And I came to the conclusion that, uh, as it seems many other people did, that they were trying to make it intentionally frustrating, but that it wasn't being done in a way that made the game fun to play. It was being done in a way that was like meant for crack addicts. So that meaning basically that if you lost a high level character at some point in the game, you would, you know, probably lose three to like five hours of playtime. 
and then you just have to go back and do it all over again. And I got to the point where, again, I knew what needed to be done and how to get back up to that level, but there was no more exploring for me. And so it, it lost its appeal completely. And I realized that the game was, was not rewarding. It's like, it's a really long treadmill. The game is a really treadmill. And it's it's a treadmill that, it's a treadmill that you can completely fall off because of the way that character, that character death can happen. And you have to start from, you almost have to start from the beginning again when that happens. Um, Yeah. And then you have to, and it's, it's really unfortunate because there's a lot to like about the game. There really is. The art style is fantastic. The, the setting of the game is awesome. The, the way that the abilities work together and the way that the, 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 how strategic the combat is without appearing to be that complicated and that deep is awesome. Like there's a ton of depth. There's a ton of depth to the game. See, but I, there's just, these... I guess I didn't feel that way after I got to the point where I said, so, oh, excuse me. Um, so I played it for, I think about like, I don't know, in total, maybe 30, 40 hours. Sometimes I'd leave the game on. So I don't know exactly how long I played it for, but, but I just felt that once I had tried all the different abilities and combinations that I wanted out and different characters that the game just felt like playing like a lot of leveling and say like playing an old, uh, I don't know, Final Fantasy game where you're just wandering around the belt, just fighting things and repeating the same actions over and over again to level up and repeating the same task endlessly because well, all the all the be, quests that are would be kind really silly that'd be really silly to fight in the veld because you don't gain experience in the veld everyone knows that but well um, to get those new abilities but but uh but the thing is is like there like i said there's four I mean, with the 14 different classes each class having eight different abilities like there i think there's 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 ability combinations in there that are they have like they're super interesting like for but instance, some of them I'll suck just, just admit that some of them suck so I didn't say that they didn't like there are definitely some abilities that are not good for sure. Of course there are, but I'll give you an example of, of an idea that I don't think anybody on their first playthrough would think would think of. So there's a class in the game called the grave, the grave robber and the grave robber has this one ability called lunge and lunge can be used from the front three ranks and it does a bunch of damage and it moves your character forward two spaces. Uh, so, there, I'm sorry, it can only be used in the second and third spaces. So if your character's in the first space, you can't use it. So if you lunge forward, you go into the first rank space, you can't use lunge again, right? Right. So there's a party combination that I was reading about people made where they had three grave robbers in their first three spots. And they literally just lunged the entire time and then had like a healer back there. And they just were destroying dungeons. I would have never thought of that type of character combination. She had multiples of the same class in a dungeon with you. So there's, there's just, I think there's things in, there's things in there that I don't have the time to discover and experiment for myself. And there is a grind there. Just, that just I say just, it, you didn't care enough. There's a grind there that I don't have the patience for anymore. No. Um, and, I, and you know, I'm pro- I, think, I probably have a lot more um, patience with some, with these sorts of things. And then probably also more free time, I imagine, because I don't have a kid. And yeah, even you know, for, for like me, grind. I the grind became too much. I don't have the patience of this man. I could probably problem, never play the, Metal Gear for two hundred hours. But the big problem is that with with all of the time you spend building up these characters, it can be wiped away with 
an unlucky piece of random number generation. So like John was saying, he got in a... He had spent all of this time building up these four characters. And it legitimately is a lot of time. Like, it takes a long time to level these characters. Um, he got into I, a situation... I like the way you're narrating this. It sounds like you're you're telling the school principal about the problems I'm having. And I'm just going to say... Where he was just with... It, just in some awful sad. random random battle that came up out of nowhere. Literally wiped his whole party. Erased mm-hmm. tens of hours of... God, you're a person. Just, just erased, like... Erased like a ten hours worth of worth of time that he had played the game, and like I don't, you don't I wish can't. that on anyone. I can, no way. All right, Absolutely. So we have Maybe some Cody. questions from the audience. Um, how would you compare Darkest Dungeon to Wizardry? Hello. Yeah, you're on. All right. You're hot. Your mic is hot. Thank you. My mic is hot. Uh, how would you compare this game to Wizardry Forsaken Land? If it's similar to other wizardry games where it's a party and then you fight like a single enemy at a time, um, a big difference here would be you're fighting groups. Like you, you always, generally you always fight a group of enemies at a time. Um, and there's more interaction between your character's abilities than there was in wizardry. But I think in wizardry, if you died, if you had like a total party kill, you did start that game over again, right? So I think that in that respect, it's kind of similar. There's a little more persistence in Darkest Dungeon because you're building up a village that allows it unlocks like permanent upgrades um, for your characters. So there's a little bit more persistence between playthroughs of the game. I personally wouldn't compare the two, but that's probably because I've never actually played Wizardry. That's probably a good reason not to compare them. Generally a good reason. Also, Jonathan, America... Uh, did you suggest all of these improvements, Mr. Armchair Developer, to the developer? No, and I wouldn't do that. I, they're just they're I, because I would never make the assumption that I know better. But than if you know free. better than them, then why wouldn't you tell them you know better than Hold them? Hold on, time for me to act as the parent who's talking to the principal. Um, I mean, I actually wrote my review in the early access where I went into details about the things I found frustrating about the game. And um, I have written other reviews for games where uh, one of my biggest peeves about a lot of these people who just review things on Steam is that you'll see they have maybe one or two hours of playtime. And it's quite clear that they never really get in to like the middle part of the game or in the to the end of the game. And a lot of like developers, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they're developers or programmers or what, but and they're doing a lot of like repetitive mindless tasks but there are a lot of games where i feel that just sort of fizzle out like halfway or three-fourths of the way through and it's just clear they've run out of ideas but they persisted in making the game longer long after it's uh you know stopped being fun or enjoyable to play and i actually wrote to another developer of a tower defense game in a review that i wrote that was negative and the guy ended up responding and uh told me about things he wanted to correct with it and he actually ended up patching the game based on what I had written because they're a small developer. Now, Darkest Dungeon has probably something like 16,000 reviews. And there have been plenty of people who have said the same sorts of things we're saying now. And it has very positive reviews on Steam. And But then I looked today and the first 10 like helpful reviews were all negative of the game. And they were generally by people who had played it the same amount we had, some even longer and were just frustrated by the fact that, I don't know, maybe they felt betrayed by the game at some point where they 
which is at least in part how I felt because it was, again, you're having fun, enjoying yourself and uh, learning about how the game operates. And then once you're past that, you see what everything's going on. You just don't care enough anymore. And you realize that the randomness, maybe you were getting lucky. Maybe you had figured out some good mechanics, but at some point you get socked in the stomach by the developer and, um, some of the, like the, the people who defend the game were saying like, oh, well, that's just the nature of the game and it's something you have to deal with. But I don't think that it, you know, a game that will ask for you to invest a lot of time into it and then, you know, at the same time, equally as fast, take a, in a matter of, you know, two, three minutes, take away three, four hours of your gameplay time and set you back that amount with absolutely like no reward. Maybe you'd have a few more upgrades to your town at that point but a game that would do that just seems like a very poor decision on the developer's part to me because unless your your target audience is people with endless amounts of time i don't think there's any reason that anyone would want to continue playing a game let's say it's like playing you know um i don't even know what analogy i have but Bravely playing like a like, final well, fantasy I mean, we, game I mean, and not saving for like five hours and I mean, then we compare we compared it to Pokemon, right? It'd be like if you were playing Pokemon and one of your Pokemon fainted and literally disappeared from your party. I mean, you could you could spend hours leveling up and and tailoring a Pokemon to be a member of your party, like with the, with the abilities that you wanted to have. And literally, if it got a couple crits from some enemy and fainted and then just disappeared, it would, like it would be like that. It would be insane. Like it it it's kind of insane when you think of it that way. If you try to make it a Pokemon analogy, I actually would make uh, the analogy of someone playing a Final Fantasy game seven for several hours and not saving at all, and then trying to fight the optional boss in the mansion. He wasn't optional in mid. Yes, he was optional in no, Midgar to, to get something, to to get and then dying, and then having to replay through an entire gigantic stretch of the game. At my apartment it, at one in the morning. It wasn't at Midgar. It was in Nibelheim, and I hadn't saved since before the Gold Saucer. It's only like five hours worth of time. Yeah. This is a true thing that happened. This is a thing that happened. So there were a that. lot of Long Islands that night. There is also John, a... I'm, wait, I'm fairly certain at some point we did that when we originally played through that game as well. We just didn't save it for a long time. The only time that I've done that that I can recall with that game was... At that night, that I had had a lot of Long Islands. That was the only. They were not Long Long Island. We don't. You must serve have locked long, the original memory. We didn't serve Long Islands at our apartment. Oh yeah, Russian John I th- and I used to live together too. I think you were making them. Actually, I think we're I'm making the memories. You, do you make Long Islands? I, I've never made a Long Island, so it would have been you. Somebody yeah, probably. Was, you make yeah. a. Have you made Long Islands? I don't remember you ever making Long Islands when we lived together. I'm not, Me or Blake, promise, it probably yeah, doesn't not, take a whole. It doesn't take a whole. But lot you're saying yes, you've made Long Islands. Yes, that I'm subpoenaing under you right oath. Now. Yes, I have made long wow, islands. I don't recall any of this. Well, what a, in any event, there is actually a Pokemon, not a mod, but a an optional way of playing through Pokemon in which there is permadeath. I don't remember what it's called. It's the Nuzlocke. The challenge. Nuzlocke challenge. That's right. Thank you. We talked about it on Unqualified Gamers back in the day. Yeah, the Nuzlocke challenge. Where you get, and I think it's only one party or something. I don't remember the exact party. No, rules. no, you catch you catch the first Pokemon in each area that you go to. That's right, and that is the only Pokemon that you can use. And if they die, like they permanently you have to release them. Yes, yeah. So, 
See, I'm I'm at a point in my life where I still like playing games, but I don't understand why anyone would even want to like engage in these sort of ridiculous challenges. Um, to me, it almost feels like you're, you know, and as you both know, I'm somewhat a self-loathing video gamer when I do play games because um, they're enjoyable. They're a good way to kill time, I guess. But at the same time afterwards, I feel like I'm, I'm a little dog who's just been jumping through a lot of endless hoops and a at the end of the jumps, I don't really have much to show for it. And I guess it is a good way to relax, but... Um, so, like, you would never play through... Hearthstone. Uh, don't. Don't start Never touching with that game. Don't start with me. So it, you would never play through a Smash Tour multiple times, hoping that a Metroid appears and steals your abilities, so then you can get your abilities back so that you unlock a trophy in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U? Poor analogy, because we were playing that game socially. And uh, I, talking I about the Zodiac Killer, the, I was pretending Ted Cruz. I think that's it. That's the one. Yeah. I think. I think to 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 bring it all around and wrap it up. I think that John and I are, are pretty much in a good amount of agreement, and that the real turnoff of this game is the possibility of losing an incredible amount of progress without with things being out of your your control. Things that you don't have control over and losing hours and hours and hours of rest. I feel like it's is the biggest detriment to this game for for me to continue to play. A progress for our Australian listeners. And again, it wouldn't be at least for me, it wouldn't be such a big deal that there are things outside of your control, but it's the fact that you lose, right. you know, that many hours of playtime and have to just basically grind. <clears throat> To do it all over again, whereas yep. I felt like so, a, a better designed game would, you know, maybe set you back like half an hour or make their make some kind of incentive for you to want to keep going. Because again, if you look at a lot of the reviews of the game, it is people rage quitting, and then the defenders of the game are like, "Oh, you're just mad at it because you sucked or you did poorly." Uh, but there's definitely enough of that going on where people are generally frustrated with the game because of the mechanics and. Um, nope. Now, before we move on, I will say that there was a recent update to the game that made it so that your char- the characters that you can recruit to your party off of the wagon that comes into town can start at, at a higher level, which was not set that way before. And so that will accelerate the game. Also, the amount of experience to increase the level of your characters apparently has been decreased by like 50%. Maybe not that much. It was definitely decreased, though. Um, by a, a significant amount, so it is faster to level up characters. So they've made that treadmill a little bit shorter. You can still fall off, so you can still lose all that progress. So they have done a couple of things to change the game to make it a little bit faster. Um, but I mean, I think the point the point about losing progress still stands. Yeah. Sure, with those changes. And on my end to wrap it up, I remember when you first started playing the jo- the game, John. Uh, I think what I told you is that you will like this game for probably about 10 hours. And then after the 10 hours, I guess you made it to 20. But then after that time, it will just become frustrating and you still won't be close to beating the game, but it'll just become obnoxious and you'll pretty much put it down or, or, you know, go ballistic and just decide you have to beat the game and no matter what it takes and keep playing it. Like there, there's some people who have like 200, 300 hours clocked on the game and talk about how fun and great and great it is. And, you know, I, I used to think I had like a compulsive addiction problem, but there, there are some crackheads out there who, who have it way worse than I do. 
And uh, to extra wrap up this discussion, there's some comments in, in our live chat on YouTube. We do generally record on Tuesday evenings at 7.30 Central Standard or Daylight Time, whatever. Uh, Paul uh, 2K12 says that, well, first of all, none of us should be drinking multiple Long Island iced teas. Uh, correction, I, I lived in Russia, and unless you're drinking multiple Long Island iced teas, you're, you feel nothing. There's that. Now, Paul says the game is supposedly brutally hard, and that's the fun of it, and then said, hey, guys, go back and play a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. With this kind of attitude, the NES would have flopped 30 years ago. And I think the counter-argument to that would be that, first of all, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, was too hard. Uh, I don't think anybody it was. considers um, that game to be a reasonable difficulty. I own the game. I own and it, and I've never beaten never it. Never beaten it. Uh, yeah, I, and I've beaten Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 several times. Uh, most of the games I own, I've beaten several times. I, I, you've even beaten Contra without the Konami code, right? You and Blake? Yeah, that that one was relatively easy. Right, exactly. I, think, I mean, but... I mean, not super easy, but once right, right. you... NES, yeah, so anyway, Ninja Turtles notwithstanding, I think John and John's complaint about this game is that the difficulty doesn't come from a place of needing to be precise with your movements to uh, to to continue in the game. Like, Amira John reviewed Dark Souls on Unqualified Gamers, our last podcast that we did together a few years ago. And in his Dark Souls review says that it's punishingly hard, but the difficulty comes from precision. And if you mess up, like you never feel like it's not your fault. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but yeah. No, he- and it's funny that you bring that up because I'm literally playing Dark Souls 2 right now for the first time. Okay, is it about the same thing? You're, it's it your is. fault if you die. And what they're saying is that for this game, Darkest Dungeon, it seems like there's some random number generation, some RNG that um, they would come in and basically you could be kind of trucking along, doing all right, getting the right level, but then you get some bad luck with a few things and suddenly die. Like every game of Hearthstone I have ever played. The worst game ever made. So I, I think... Never touching it. Yeah, good. I just wanted to... Uh, to kind of wrap that back around. But yeah, I wanted to love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just like our listener, Sir Oldcastle, but it was, I mean, yeah, I, and a lot of people complain about level two, the water level. Okay, I, I made it past that, right? Even as a kid, I figured out the water level. Yeah, that was, that part sucked. That part sucked, but you could get through it. And then level three was the, the worst one part that, was when you, every time you'd want to replay the game, you'd have to play it over again, though. Yeah, no continues, none of that. And then level three, which was this, this gigantic. I mean, it was basically you play through level one, level two is kind of challenging when you get through it. And then level three is like its own game. And if you manage to get past that, which I did maybe twice with the strategy guide, it just turns into God. I didn't even know what comes after that. I think I got past that, but I remember, I there, remember. there was a point I where I was the just day, wandering around. I remember the damn around. level being awful. Yeah. That's all I remember the, about yeah, that Yeah, there's a lot of awfulness in that game. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so and not to mention, you know, part of it also has to do with where you sort of are in your life. Like, we had summers to play those games, and there was there was nothing. Right. There weren't a whole lot of other choices. Um, it's I think almost back like we in didn't... that time, you know, there weren't, weren't as many even rental stores with games no. way back then. It was like um, we had to. We didn't have to try as hard to strike a game life balance. U.S. We're not ending on that note because I'm not done. But my point is, is that um, you've made there, your point. There oh are my a God. lot of other options out oh, there now. That point, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, living in Russia and having incredibly cheap Steam games 
led me to go on a binge buying spree. And so playing Darkest Dungeon and losing, you know, three to five hours of time in that, I thought, well, I could, you know, go back and try and finish this, but I've got the game pretty much figured out. I know what I have to do. I didn't die because of my own fault. And there was, you know, really nothing new to experience. Like I'd hit, I probably hit like the three fourths mark through the game. And it was literally just going to be grinding from there on out until you get to the end boss and probably die a few more times and grind a few more times. And I knew I was probably going to have to invest not just another, you know, three to five hours getting my characters back up to that level. But in order to beat it, it would probably need another, you know, 10 hours, which would have just been doing the exact same thing over and over again. And I can imagine one of our listeners uh, making a comment about how that's all tower defenses, but um, those games are fun. Listener, you suck, except for Paul. He's cool, even if he likes well Teenage done. Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I think that what you were just talking about with you kind of, you, you went there, you played it, you, you saw, you knew what it was about, just some random thing kind of ruined it. And it was like, and oh. it wasn't worth finishing. Right, either keep going or, or just, and I think that that's really the fatal flaw with Tinder. And why so many relationships fail there? Because it's like you go along and then you say one thing or whatever, and all of a sudden your date, you just lose hours and hours of progress because your date gets mad at you for something mad. And then you can either just keep on grinding against her physically in bed or and keep grinding, or you can go on to any of thousands of other matches on the internet because essentially, to you, all women are the same. Not you specifically, just the royal you. And I'm not this sure exactly where you're going is with why this. online dating is just kind of, I think, uh, well, wait, self- but It sounds like you're making an argument for, for sticking with something, even if it's not that great. No, I'm making an argument for a grinder. It's you an, know what that is. It's right? an app. You can download it. Just try it. Just try it. You'll just thank once, me. listener. You'll thank me. Broaden your horizons. Be a progressive. Widen, widen your be a, horizons. Be a progressive that gets things done, if you will. Will you? Will calling you? it. Calling it. What calling are you it doing? here. Calling it. We're done. We're, We're not. Done. Well, I hope you're still recording because we have to do our little Gun and Geek deals. I know. I know. I'm there. I'm ready for well, it. Well, do it if you're all ready for it. Okay. Well, uh, well, I was ready for it until I then clicked on the wrong link. Uh, okay. You know what? You should tell me about the Gun and Geek Network, of which, uh, uh, which is a podcast network. We're a member of the GunandGeek.com. Tell us about some other podcasts on the Gun and Geek Network. I will. So, um, as Cody said, they were just at the C two E two panel last Friday, and that will be going up. Right? It's not up yet, but that audio will be going up from that. Yeah, there's a couple of video clips on the website if you go there. Um, right. At GunandGeek.com, but the full will be available at some point. Right. Not available yet, but be looking for that because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Uh, on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Uh, the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Haley, Lauren, and Stargate Pioneer discuss the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mid-season three premiere episode, Bouncing Back. The trio also continue the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. giveaway of the Marvel Deadpool Collector's Core Crate. Talk about the upcoming Good and Geek podcast host convention at the C2E2 panel. Obviously, it's already done now. Uh, run down the weekly Marvel news, respond to listener feedback, and interact with live chat wing viewer chat comments. Oh, yeah! Listen, I just need to interject that to make sure... What are you guys doing to make sure the listener doesn't just, as soon as you say, oh, by the way, now we're going to tell you about these other podcasts. You're so that they obsessed don't just with marketing. Listen, disappear. Have you ever listened to it? Do you listen to podcasts? Listening Do you listen to podcasts? All. Yes. I, I basically stop listening at the Do very end. Do you listen to podcasts? Yes. Well, I don't stop listening at the very end. And lots of other people don't stop listening at the very end. Get excited and about it. Man, 
And then of Shield. Wow. On Game Life Balance US, oh, you, you can't, you can't US promo version. last week's episode of our podcast. No, but it's the next yeah, one down the list. Skip it and go to Tyrion's Landing. On Tyrion's Landing. In the latest episode of Tyrion's Landing, Jeannie and Nikki discuss their theories of what the first full Game of Thrones trailer means. And is there a new one now? Did they just do the second full-length trailer? They've at least done one full-length trailer now for Wait, the new season. I think I heard one where they were playing Chris Isaac's uh, Wicked Games. Or that could have been a fan trailer. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. They did a trailer to Revis Caught in the Rain. That's the one I'm aware of. I was caught in the rain, wasting my time on the ground. You better stop, otherwise I'm going to start singing Chris Isaac. No, sing Chris Isaac. Do it. I dare you. I double dog dare you. See, now we gave the listener a reason to stay. Continue. And you're about to give him a reason to leave. All right, well, those are a couple I podcasts would. on the Getting Geek Network. Uh, Star, uh, Stargate Pioneer uh, on the cast of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was the first one. John just promoted. And there's lots of other really geeky podcasts. And they're all awesome. We're glad you're still here, listeners. They really are. And, and uh, yeah, you should also check out, outside of our network, you should check out Game Life Balance Australia if you've not yet. They've done two episodes, and they are hilarious, and I like them. They're like Australian versions of us. Only better. What did I unplug you? You're fine. I don't know. You're done. You're turned on. Oh, I guess I just can't hear out of the headphones anymore. Oh, did I unplug your headphones? This is what happens. So, <laughs> Jay, John, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Episode. We should play the same game sometime again. So that's good because I never get that opportunity with Cody because I'll never play anything that I tell him to. Play, so yeah, no, I'll play Twilight Princess HD some more. I'm gonna go play that right now. You have a, another guest you could have. I'm gonna for make that. Russian John watch me. I'm not gonna have Blake should- back on. He beat he it in really... a week, and I'm mad at him because he beat it in a week. Who has time to beat a game like that? Who who has time to beat Twilight Princess in a week? You should play The Witness. I'll play The Witness. That's on my list, but once it goes on stale in Russian Steam, I'll probably get it. But I want to talk to somebody about that game. That's fine. Anyway, and listener, thanks for pointing up with, along with my new podcast setup, the two new mics that I got, I'm having some issues mounting them on things. So John, uh, Russian John and I actually held our mics like game show hosts this entire episode. Uh, but, but hopefully it'll sound all right. And anyway, uh, at this point, I would like to thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US thank you, podcast. Listener. The American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And please leave us a review if you really want to make our day, especially American John's Day. I don't care where you review us. It can be iTunes. It can be wherever. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at WGNplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us. It's our website. GameLifeBalance.us. It's a website. You put it in the website bar. Website. GameLifeBalance.us is a website. GameLifeBalance.us.com is not a website. It is not a website. GameLifeBalance.com is also not a website. GameLifeBalance.us, a website. Very American-centric once again. GameLifeBalance.australia, not a website. GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com is a website. Wait, yeah, that's a website. So Anyway, uh, American John, anything else you want to say to wrap up this, uh, to wrap up, to wrap up this episode, American John? I think he's gone. American John has literally left the room. It's good. Dot com.